The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 123. General West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we gotta do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Eat. Say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today are Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. Hi, Jack. Today we are discussing the 15th episode of Season 6, Paradise Lost. Jack O'Neill is approached by Mayborn, a former NID operative known for his illicit activities, who reveals that he knows about Frank Simmons' attempt to steal the Prometheus. Mayborn claims that Simmons sought weapons on a planet whose Stargate address he possesses. SG-1 activates the portal and visits the planet P5X-777, discovering ancient inscriptions from the Furlings, who we unfortunately don't get to see here. <laughs> one, of the four, yep, one of the four great races. Unable to unlock the cache of weapons, they reluctantly collaborate with Mayburn, who has the key and combination from an ancient scroll to unlock the portal. Mayborn, however, has ulterior motives and stuns Carter and escapes through the portal, pursued by O'Neill. Jack and Mayborn find themselves stranded in a strange place. Mayborn explains to Jack that the scroll was an invitation from an alien race who had created a secluded utopia and that he wants to live there. It soon becomes clear that the place has been deserted for a long time and they are forced to scratch a meager living off the land. Meanwhile, Carter leads the team, working to find and rescue Jack, but has to deal with the specialists who don't take her command seriously. Jack and Mayborn find Gould remains, and Mayborn eats a mysterious plant that starts affecting his sanity, even more than it's already affected. After Mayborn goes full Rambo, O'Neill manages to track him down and subdue him long enough for the effects of the plant to wear off. They theorize that the plant was brought by the Gould to control the population, but that plan backfired. Sam realizes, a little bit too late, that Jack and Mayborn have been transported to the planet's moon, and the Tok'ra rescue them. In the end, Jack plans to ensure that Mayborn has a retirement on a peaceful planet. There we go. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, Lisa? Gosh, there are so many things about this episode that I, I like. I love Mayborn and Jack together. And I love, I love both the characters independently. I love them together. Um, it starts out really promising for me. And then, I don't know. I, then I just don't love it. I... There's I, so many problems once they're on the planet for me about the paranoia, the plant, the realization that it's the plant causing the paranoia, him shooting Mayborn. I, I don't know. And then it, back home, you have Carter mad, which of course she should be because of her neglect of her weapon, which I don't, it doesn't seem like her. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, it was so close to being a really good episode for me, but it just, and I thought watching it again now, maybe I just, you know, didn't fully appreciate it 20 years ago, but it's still something missing. And I just, I'm okay not watching it again. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Victor? 
Yeah, I really like this episode. <laughs> like this is, I think, one of my favorites. And not just because it's a, like a Mayborn heavy episode, but because of the way things progress through it. You know, so we, we start off even with starting with the previously on and we get kind of like a summary of of Jack and Mayburn's uh, bromance there, <laughs> including, which becomes important later on, all the times Jack threatened to shoot Mayborn. You know, and so that becomes, I, I like how they specifically included those because that becomes significant later on. And then, you know, it's it's Mayborn being, you know, sneaky and gaming the system, first appearing pathetic and like, I just need a pardon. I'll give you what you need. And then like his whole plan is to get to this planet and then get to the alien utopia you know, and it's revealed he's never stepped through the Stargate before. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of a lot of nice things there. And then the episode starts to turn when they do become increasingly, even on the planet, they have some good times and a couple of laughs. But then they get increasingly mistrustful of each other. And there's some subtle things in the writing and the direction that I thought were like really like effective. Like we'll we'll get to it, but. You know, as the paranoia sets in and like, you know, they're n- really not trusting each other. Mayborn's taking the weapons and run off somewhere and Jack's trying to track him down. And then all of, uh, out of nowhere, this pig, you know, this boar comes charging at the camera and you're like, OK, is Jack hallucinating now? What's up with this? You know, he shoots at the pig that he hits Mayborn, who's like behind the pig. And you're like, well, was the pig Mayborn? You know, you're trying to like piece it together because like, why is there this pig on this plant? And then, you know, there's there's some things they do with the color grading and the lighting. Um, you know, uh, Tom McBeath, you know, looks incredibly, you know, increasingly more and more like disheveled and like haggard and stuff as, as he goes through the episode and, and gets, you know, more and more crazy and stuff. And so I, I really like this. And then back on earth, Sam is, you know, getting increasingly agitated and angry and finally reaches a breaking point when a very nice scene that she has there with Teal. So. I mean, from a character like episode, I really like this. Um, there's a lot of like really interesting things going on visually, too, that I liked as well. I really wanted to like this episode because it is a Mayborn and Jack episode. And I really like I like a lot of the, the parts with it, but it just felt very disjointed to me, like plot wise. Like, I feel like it front loads a lot of the plot and then you just kind of get Jack and Mayborn hanging out on on the planet, which I think works for a this kind of story, like people slowly going crazy and under extreme isolation and survival uh, scenarios. But I feel like they didn't really show enough of enough of that because it was basically just them hanging out by the river and they're you know getting along somewhat, and then it just gets worse and worse. But you don't really see a lot of their struggle for survival. Like they could have done more with that. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing takes place over the course of four weeks. So you have to con- compress that down quite a bit. Yeah. We do see glimpses of it where, where Mayborn's like, you know, I heard people running around, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. getting kind of itchy and stuff. I think it would have been more effective if they didn't have, I mean, you need it because, you know, that's the rest of your cast and they need something to do. But like, if it had just been just, Jack and Mayborn mm-hmm. for like, you know, 38 minutes of the 42 minute episode. Mm-hmm. But Carter does get some pretty good moments in this. And, and so does Teal'c, you know, I, and we get to see Dr. Lee again, who I always like to see. So I can, I can understand why they did what they did, but I, I thought the progression of, you know, Mayborn's insanity and, and, you know, Jack's too kind of, cause he does eat the, the, mm-hmm. the weed 
the weed that makes you paranoid and psychotic. Don't do weed. Um, <laughs> it uh, is the not so subtle message here, but it does, you know, because he's eating it too. So you're wondering, like, why isn't it affecting him the way it does? But then, yeah. you know, he, I, I like the the props on the planet. Granted, it, it's hard to tell how long they've been there because there's still, you know, burlap fabric and stuff that hasn't completely decayed and stuff. But he finds like this interesting kind of like calendar map book, which is round and kind of has pages that fold out. And then from that, he, you know, I like where he's going around and like counting the skeletons mm -hmm. to see who died where. And then he finds the little Gould skeleton, which I thought was a mm -hmm. really cool prop. It looked just like this weird, like dinosaur bone skeleton mm -hmm. thing. So, and he pieces it together. So I thought, you know, all without saying a word, there's no like, huh, like eight skeletons here and four over here. A Gould? He doesn't say any of that. It's just him doing it while they're playing like the creepy you know, music in the background and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not our normal Stargate music either. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's different music. So I like that aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it definitely would have, I think it would have felt more cohesive if we weren't cutting back to the rest of the characters of the SGC. It would also would have helped with the feeling of like claustrophobia that I feel like they were yeah. kind of trying to go for. Mm -hmm. But when you cut back to, all right, here's the other characters doing their stuff. It kind of breaks that tension. Mm-hmm. And I still got confused. So you can explain. So Jack ate the arugula and he, you saw him starting to get paranoid too, but yet he was lucid enough to figure it out, stop eating the arugula and it's all okay. I, I, I guess that's where I got lost. Yeah. Like, so the color changed showing the paranoia, yep. like the color of the screen. But again, <laughs> So everybody on that planet who's ever been there has died from eating the arugula and killing each other. And Mayborn is going crazy. But Jack is like, no, no, I figured it out. Well, I, I don't know if he and had And was there more... a pig? Yeah, there was a pig, yeah. Because <laughs> okay. both Jack and Mayborn saw it. So, I mean, I think Jack maybe had more rations that he was eating and didn't dive into the arugula as much. Or he's just more in control. And maybe it takes longer than four weeks to, like, go completely crazy. Because... Even even Mayborn was lucid enough to set the tripwire, he said, for the pig, not mm -hmm. for Jack. So he was just, you know, maybe hearing and itching things. But he didn't, like, go right out and murder Jack. Like, he's like, yeah. I'm going to just go away and catch a pig to eat. So that's where I got confused. I was like, was there a pig or was were we seeing that Jack saw a pig, but it was really Mayborn? See, I, I, I got yeah, so, that's, I was that's like, what I like. What that's why I like when the doing? pig came out, you're like, what, what pig? Like, what's this pig doing here? And then he shoots and then Mayborn goes, ow. And you're like, oh no, was Mayborn the pig? Yeah. And then it turns out, no, Mayborn's like, I set the tripwire because Jack is, you know, trips over the tripwire, blows up the grenade, which, you know, sends shrapnel into his legs. So he's not doing so great either. Yeah. But, but, but Mayborn had said he'd been seeing things and hearing things. So I thought, was there ever a pig? Or was that all product of their hallucinations and their paranoia? I guess he was hearing a pig running around the camp and that <laughs> contributed to it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So Jack shoots Mayborn once first by accident. And then, um, you know, when they get back to the camp and Jack's trying to explain, but Mayborn now is completely crazy because he's been shot, you know, and so Jack has to shoot him again. <laughs> yeah. Which, <laughs> which he threatened to do. So I like how they yeah. like play the clips of him, like, just talk about how he wanted to badly. He wants to shoot Mayborn. And then at the end, he's like, well, I got to shoot you. And Mayborn's like twice. 
They do a lot. It's a lot of foreshadowing they have to do. You got all the foreshadowing with him shooting mm-hmm. Mayborn, and then you get the foreshadowing of the pig with the hot dogs at the beginning of the episode. So that's, oh, that's right. Yeah, it's that's a circle right. of life. <laughs> yep. And watching but, Tom McBeath eat the like huge, do you see how big a bite of hot dog he shoved yeah, in his like, mouth with the bun? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a very good scene to start it off, you know, yeah. and very good. And then it's it's clear that they are, you know, friends. And then at the end, Jack does save Mayborn's life. Mm-hmm. And then instead of turning him back over to the authorities on Earth, says, you know, the Toker will drop you off on some nice planet and you get your retirement there. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, he's going to have to explain. Maybe he'll just say, you know, oh, you know, Mayborn just ran into the water and, you know, that was the last of it. But watching this again, I I had remembered it as like the water i think was what was you know which which would make more sense <laughs> yeah. there would be a parasite in the water the whole thing with the ghoul bringing a weed to wipe out utopia it's like <laughs> what was their plan like why would the uh, i know and you then can't why did bring they weapons eat it? yeah <laughs> or like what yeah why did they drop it off and then like run away you know like they can't get back or have a mothership pick them up or something and then come back when everybody's dead it, that, that part didn't make any sense uh-uh. but I the guess whole, Robert C. Yeah. Cooper doesn't like arugula, and this was his big <laughs> stand. It'll destroy the universe. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole uh, the whole thing with the the weed should have been dropped, in my opinion, because you could have done this exact same plot and just had it be there. He's getting paranoid because they're stuck on a planet without a lot to eat, and Mayborn's already not the most stable guy. Yeah. Like you could have yeah. had all of this without any of the the plant and the whole thing with. Like I, you just brought up with Lisa with what is their end goal bringing it? Like the ghoul have a tried and true method of taking over planets. And if this is a bunch of like <laughs> utopian hippies living in a commune, like that's that really going to pose an issue to the ghoul? Do they need to have everybody kill each other? They could yeah. just shoot them. I mean, especially it's, a, it's supposed to be a place where the, once they go there, they never leave. Yeah. So what's the like? Why are they? Why and they, they have no technology. Yeah. Which is yeah. what they're attracted to, or hosts. So, what's the problem? Yeah, they yeah. Get space I, madness. I, I wanted to like it. I just, I, I got confused. <laughs> I was so busy thinking about what are they trying to do that I couldn't just appreciate it. You know. I don't think it's explicit in this episode, but I think the space utopia, like the commune, is designed to help you know, advanced people go and then finish the last few steps of ascension to become, you know, ascended beings Mm. because they kind of have, they revisit this in Atlantis. They have a very similar thing where there's a one-way portal to a location. And the whole point of going there is to ascend ultimately. And so it's like an ascension training ground. And so I think this is kind of, you know, what that was supposed to be. Like the Furlings built this to help, you know, ancients and other beings go there and basically finish off what they need to you know their last of their detachments before they can ascend and so maybe that's why the gold wanted to wipe them out is because they didn't want any more ascended beings running around i guess but they don't really mention that at all in the episode so within the context of this story yeah. it it doesn't make any sense and even then like fly by the moon and drop a bomb on it like there you yeah go. bomb it from the air well i guess i guess unless at <laughs> In the past, like the it was heavily defended by the furlings or or something. Like there was a reason they couldn't do that, but yeah. Well, as we saw when that we get the voice of like, oh, when whenever the Tokra could spare a ship, which Earth has a ship, but whatever. Yeah. 
You know, when the Toker, they just forgot about the Prometheus or something. Although Mayborn does mention it. But it, anyways, mm-hmm. it's like when the Toker go to like scan the planet, they're like, they, they just dial in and like, yep, scan the planet. No human life signs. Like, we're leaving now. And it's like, did yeah. you bother to, like you were there, did you bother to scan the, like, the almost planet-sized moon that's like right next to the right. planet? Nope. <laughs> like... Didn't it's ask a me to moon. scan the moon, just ask me to scan the planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A moon that like, can support human life. I, yeah. I don't know. Like, like yeah. in your picture there behind you. Like, it's yeah. that close. Hello. <laughs> you had to fly yeah. probably between the moon and the planet. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah. there's maybe their scanners on their ship are like uh like the garden hose thing. You got the two settings, you got like the narrow beam and then you got the wide beam, yeah. and they just had it set on narrow. <laughs> Well, I mean, if that's like the like level of like completeness that Goulds normally bring to like scanning planets, I can kind of, you know, accept that the Gould didn't know that the colony was like on the very nearby moon. You know, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I also would assume that the Tokra—they've been around for a long time, so they would probably say, "Hey, this is one of those portals where you would go to the commune to ascend that the ancients had." Why don't yeah, you check the moon? Perfect opportunity for Jacob to show up, right? With Selmak, yeah. the oldest and wisest of the Tokra, to say like, oh, wait, we've heard of this. I know I know it was a vehicle for Jack and Mayborn to be bros. I know that. Yeah. It, I just, so much to wish for. Yeah, I can accept that the Tokra, because like if, if you were like the Nox, Furlings, Ancients, and um, Asgard, you wouldn't want the Gould, even the Tokra, to know about your secret ascension grounds or whatever, your secret space utopia. But so that's all what's going. I do. I did like the way. So Jack finally gets to go fishing again because that's kind of, you know, where he starts off at his fishing cabin, but he's, so he's rigged up like this little fishing line and he's there like fishing in the, in the lake on the planet. He's like, Oh, they're down there. All right. And Maymore just like grabs an explosive and throws it in and and all these little fish come bubbling up. He's like, I got to eat Jack. I need meat. And he's so I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I like Jack Week. That's what did he say? That's yeah. so wrong. Or <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's illegal, by the way. Just don't do that. Yeah, don't do it unless you're on an alien planet <laughs> yeah, and your survival you depends upon it. <laughs> and you have a thermal detonator in your pocket or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think the like the Department of Rivers and Wildlife or whatever is gonna have jurisdiction here. Mm, probably not. No. Yeah. And then meanwhile, like Sam is like going into like beast mode about, uh, you know, finding Jack and Dr. Lee's there and, you know, he's been there a week and he's, so he's, he's packing <laughs> up and because he hasn't found anything and he's packing up and, and Sam's like, excuse me, I don't see Colonel O'Neill here. Do you see Colonel O'Neill here? <laughs> and he's like, and he makes, Dr. Lee makes a really, he's supposed to be kind of antagonistic, but he makes a good point. He's like, you know. Yes, Major, like talk to General Hammond. If General Hammond tells me to come back here, I will, you know, mm-hmm. but until mm-hmm. that time, I mean, there's nothing to find here and we're we're going home. Yeah, and part of me feels like the way they portrayed Carter kind of went over the top, and then part of me feels like it was more real life because yeah. she let, I mean, they purposely didn't give Mayborn any weapons. And then, I don't know, that that whole thing just felt a little... Much so, if 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 I were Carter at that point, I'd be pretty ticked off too that I let myself, you know, lower my guard enough to let him steal, and then, and then Jack goes missing again. How many times yeah. is this now? 
Right. And this is on top of Daniel already mm-hmm. being gone, which he yeah. which he mentions. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes into full on things and words I'm not gonna say or here, but you know, like that kind of mode with everybody yelling and upset and demanding and all the things. I mean, we're talking about a language they've never seen before. Technology yeah. they've never seen. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Why don't you have it fixed in a week? And what's going on? And yeah. You know, so I like the scene with Tjolk because it kind of gave you that underlying emotion of what was going on with her. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, that there was this um, real emotional upset and that's what was driving her craziness to drive everybody else crazy. You know, um, of course, you could also look at it from a shipper angle, you know, that yeah. she lost Jack again, you know, 100 days and then this one. So the so the scene is Sam is kind of hiding from everyone to cry in the girls' locker room because she's the only female on the base, and um, and Tilk comes in, and then the only awkward thing is like Tilk needs to explain why he's in the women's locker room. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like now you, nowadays he wouldn't need to, but then I guess he had to, and so he uh, he comes in and says like you are the only one here and you're fully clothed, so. <laughs> It's okay that I'm here. And, and then basically, which the scene would have been a lot more effective if there like were fewer words and he just, you know, holds her and stuff as she cries and stuff. Yeah. But, but um, but we had to get our, our tealkisms in somehow, but yeah. So I, I'd like that scene as well, you know, and all mm-hmm. hope is lost. And then, you know, they're sitting in good, like, this is a very dark episode in that it's very dark and dimly lit. Yeah. They're all sitting in, you know, their little office and the only light is coming from like the computer monitors and Tilk's just rewinding the tape and playing it back. And then she's like, wait a minute, what's that on the tape? It's a moon. Oh my gosh. I'm so <laughs> yeah. stupid. Yeah. And then they, they, um, <sighs> they have the Tokra fly by again and they're like, oh, oh, you wanted yeah, us to are. scan the moon too. Okay. Yeah. You got to yeah. wrap it up in a little bow. Yeah. Like usual. But yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of wrapping things up, when they they thought you know season six was going to be it, so they needed to do their final Mayborn story. Mm-hmm. And I'm just reading right now; they actually wanted to to kill him off at the end of this. Mm-hmm. But um, too many I'm people. Glad they didn't. Me neither. Yeah. yeah, too many people on the staff apparently liked the character, which is good. And and I think he gets one more episode if, Tom, if not. Yeah. Yeah. Tom McBeath has a great a great episode. Yeah. Not for a few more seasons, but he does come back for kind of an epic role. Yeah. Nice. I hope he's like the leader of some sort of tribe on a planet or something. Like, what? Stop what? it. What? You could write for Stargate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I did. Did I, <laughs> yeah. did I guess it? Close. I think I haven't seen that episode yeah, it's probably close. in about close. 15 years, but yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but awesome. Well, I, I look forward to seeing him as like a tribal king or something on a planet because <laughs> that's what i was that's what i was i think that's what mayborn deserves at this point he's he's been through enough yeah, yeah. i mean he's probably <laughs> suffered more than i don't know maybe one of the main cat like daniel like died the chief O'Brien. yeah he is he's <laughs> <laughs> no but he's more like the garrick of the show you know he is and, yeah. and garrick went through a lot and you know what i just realized we saw um siler and he did not get injured, did he? Or carry a wrench or anything? No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Didn't we see him with the UAV? Oh, yeah. Like he may have been setting go. that up. Yeah. Yeah. 
He trips and falls off camera. Let's just <laughs> yeah. go with that. <laughs> Sprains his ankle. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I think my my biggest problem is just the pacing of the episode and the way it's edited, but I, I get for television, you got to do it that way. It just kept making me think of uh, the movie The Lighthouse with uh, Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen that, but... Mm-hmm. It's a good one, and yeah. it's kind of similar kind of story about, you know, paranoia and isolation. Um, but yeah, I, would, I wish that Stargate had, like, director's cuts of episodes, and you could get extra scenes and stuff and just have the, the part with them on the on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought they, like I mentioned, they did a really good job kind of with, like, making the alien planet look, like, creepy and deserted because mm-hmm. like yeah. they're they just walking through the woods and all of a sudden there's like this weird Blair Witch looking like wood sculpture yeah, just yeah. in the middle of the woods yeah. before they even get to the village and it's like got weird ropes and stuff hanging off of it and it's just made out of sticks and you're like what, what's that like I thought this was supposed <laughs> to be utopia and this looks like some sort of like horror movie sacrificial yeah. tower yeah yeah it wasn't a gravel pit either so that's yeah. true. it was nice no, they, I, I, and we got the furlings. Yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. and, and I love that Jack talked about fuzzy little, what do you say? Like fuzzy little creatures. And, and Jonas is like, oh, you've met them? And he's like, no, but obviously they're furry. Their name is <laughs> furlings. Furlings, yeah. <laughs> they're probably like 12 foot tall lizards with spikes. <laughs> that would we'll be, never that know. Would be epic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I hope they never do uh, in yeah. the new show because I feel like we're, we're probably going to get that because TV shows feel the need to explain every reference in their older iterations nowadays. But yeah, please don't show the furlings ever. You mean they don't look like Ewoks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Here's my headcanon. Sasquatch is a furling and that's why Sasquatch are interdimensional beings. Huh? Oh, yeah. Go. The the last of the five ra- or four races, I guess. Yeah. Could be. Maybe Chewbacca's a furling and there's a... Yeah. Get a Stargate. Uh, crossover. Star Wars yeah. crossover. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It could work. Could work. Yeah. I think... Um, I think my my other my other biggest qualm with this episode, I'm, I'm really not trying to just tear it apart because <laughs> I liked parts of it, but... I think that Sam came across as too too incompetent as a leader. Like they kind of mm-hmm. leaned heavily into the like the emotional woman stereotype, and so I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I really like the scene, the like you mentioned, Victor with Teal'c, but I feel like they could have shown her being a bit more competent and in charge because we've seen her be that way before. Yeah, I mean, last episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many episodes have we had where? T- uh, uh, O'Neill is missing or doing something else or whatever, and she's running the team. And so suddenly, yeah. this felt like a throwback to her character in a hundred days, which was season three. Yeah, where she he's does, on the planet like, with the, the woman, puzzle. remember? And she's she's yeah. upset, upset, upset. So mm. the puzzle of looking at the videotape and seeing the moon. Well, and then for figuring out that like the little, you know, that's true, yeah. device had a two circles on it. Dude, were and- you not waiting for Jonas to be the one? That that's a Jonas had nothing to do 
This was the perfect perfect thing for him to be like, wait, is that a moon on the TV screen? You know, and like, look look into the remote. Is that, wait, you know, just kind of like him looking up at the, how did you get the Stargate in here? Yeah. It's the same kind of reference. I was waiting for it to be him. Way the promotions work, you know, they probably promote like the leader of SG2 to be the leader of SG1, which would leave a vacancy for the leader in SG2, mm-hmm. you know, and Jonas could probably like lead his own SG team at that point with Jack out of the picture. I don't know. I don't know how it, eager he was to dunk no. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, well, I'm they, sure that that wasn't it. And they did mention that SG1, that, that oh, Hammond was already looking for a new yeah. leader for SG1, which I thought was... There's just a little sideline there, but I mean, yeah, it's been a month and Hammond's like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> the longest I'll wait is a hundred days and we're yeah. about halfway there. So <laughs> better get those resumes in. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but well, didn't Dan, was it Daniel that went missing and they were like, everybody just went back to work and like, I'm sure he'll show up <laughs> soon. Remember? When was oh, yeah. that? He, he, missed, he went missing a couple times. He turned invisible. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. And they just like cleaned out his house, you know. <laughs> Crystal Skull, wasn't it? Yeah. And he's yeah. there and they're all like, meh. <laughs> Whatever. Jack goes yeah. missing for like 30 minutes and, you know, everyone's freaking out. I think Jack has more potential to cause damage, though. So maybe that's what they're worried about. Maybe so. And why do when you zap Jack, why, why when... Z- Okay. Carter is zatted first. Yeah. She goes down. Jack is zatted and pops right back up and like tackles Nayborn. And then Carter is still zatted on the ground when Jonas and Tilk show up. And when she wakes up, she's like, Ugh. Ugh. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what We've the established heck? though that Jack could take a zat because he's probably been zatted like eight or nine times by now maybe more yeah yeah and i think it has yeah you tend to develop an immunity plus like maybe it's based on like body mass or something yeah okay maybe i just i thought really (laughs) yeah because i yeah when i i thought initially that like it missed him narrowly and he like ducked but I went back and watched it because he mentions it to Maybor and he's like, you zatted me. And mm-hmm. he actually hits him and apparently it had no effect. He's just really special that way. It's like shooting a bear with a twenty two. You just make it really mad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it even notices. Yeah. Yeah. I've never tried that and I don't plan yeah. to. So. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't fish with dynamite. <laughs> yeah. Don't blow up pigs with grenades. <laughs> don't shoot your friends. Hunt your bacon Twice. and cook it too. Don't do weed. There's a lot <laughs> of messages. Arugula. This, arugula. I think this is one of those after school special episodes, yeah. right? There's a lot of lessons here. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you always check the moon when you misplace something. Yep. Yep. That's the real message here. Have we have we done that one before? Oh, where they get lost? I, well, I'm trying to remember with like brief candle and 100 days where like why they couldn't find them. Hundred days was the the meteor hit the Stargate and it oh that's right it was buried so they, yeah yeah it was buried. But I was just thinking we've had something before where there wasn't oh it was the heat on that planet Carter got stuck on that a second moon a second sun came up and she was the the one with Madrona with the weather device and oh okay I was thinking we like y'all need to pay attention a little bit more 
to these things. They should have like, it should be like a flow chart at this point. Like, (laughs) did you check the moon? (laughs) If not, check the moon. (laughs) Is there a second sun? Okay. What about, yeah. (laughs) Did you look in the dimension, like the dimensional mirror? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Has anyone been touching the dimensional mirror? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Uh, Do we have any fun, uh, alternate language titles for this episode uh, not not for this one um no it was all uh paradise lost which i guess is uh you know john milton universal so. yeah mm-hmm. universal enough you know so paradis perdu in french but nice that's all we get awesome uh did you have any other uh thoughts on this episode <laughs> no i like it give it a watch um you know, it's it's pretty effective. It's a good, solid Mayborn episode. And, you know, there's precious few of those. True. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I want to know what uh, what everyone else thinks about it, because uh, it seems like me and Lisa, were not too keen on it, but <laughs> it's one of Victor's favorites. So uh, let us know. Let us know what you all think at our discord at uh, sqpn.com slash discord. <laughs> And before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including Mark L., John K., Chris, Joseph F., and Ronald S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give, and be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. To find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send us feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash stargate. And you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com. And you can follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Metamorphosis. Until then... Uh, Lisa Jones, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lands, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. Well, thanks for the beer. Nothing I like more than a good wiener. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no comment. And once again, I'm Jack. It's from the show. <laughs> thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate on Starcast. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? I was afraid you were going to do that one. (laughs) There's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy. The Catholics of Oz. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at sqpn.com slash Oz.